everybody, and welcome to the No Dub Podcast with Stacey Gotsoulias. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. I'm a baseball writer and baseball podcaster who loves pop culture, but especially the pop culture from my formative years. And just in case you don't know me personally and wondering when that was, it spans from August 1974 when I was born through the late 90s after college graduation and when I first started working in New York City. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Gotts. And I have a Patreon set up for this podcast. Just go to patreon.com slash podcast, all one word, all lowercase. I have goals and tiers and rewards set up. I have big ideas for this podcast, but I'll need some help to achieve them. Again, it's patreon.com slash podcast. So in today's episode of No Duh, we will be looking back fondly at Degrassi Junior High. I originally was going to do this episode on Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High, and Schools Out, the TV movie. I decided it would be way too long, so I'm splitting it up into two. So today we're tackling the junior high years. Next week, we'll tackle high school and high school graduation. So in this episode, we're talking about the OG Degrassi kids like Joey Jeremiah, Stephanie Kay, Lucy Fernandez, and Caitlin Ryan, along with Snake, Wheels, Spike, Shane, Melanie, Kathleen, Arthur, and Yick. Now first I'll give you some background on the show in case you never watched it and you want to learn some things about it. We'll get into specific storylines that you may or may not remember as vividly as I do. And I'll give you my opinions as to how the show looks to me now as a nearly 45-year-old woman re-watching the episodes compared to what they were like when I was actually in that age group watching as my life flashed before my eyes on TV. So let's get on with it, shall we? Before Beverly Hills 90210 came onto our airwaves in 1990, we had Degrassi Junior High tackling tough subjects like peer pressure, teen pregnancy, child abuse, alcoholism, environmental issues, animal cruelty and testing, teen drinking and drugs, homophobia, homosexuality, bullying, and racism. So Degrassi was a Canadian show that was kind of a spin-off, but not really, of another Canadian show that ran on the CBC from 1979 to 1986 called The Kids of Degrassi. A few of the kids from that original show went on to play characters in Degrassi Junior High. But because they were different characters, Degrassi Junior High is technically not a spin-off of that original show. So the Degrassi series was developed by two former junior high school teachers who were the creative team behind that original series, Kids of Degrassi, Linda Schuyler and Kit Hood. Now, the thing that made Degrassi such a great show is that the kids they hired to star in the show were not professional actors. They were regular kids who just happened to act in a TV show on weekends and during school vacations. It wasn't a flashy show. These weren't Hollywood actors. They were real. Everything was real about it. And there's nothing more real than showing what real middle schoolers look like. Some of the girls had perfect skin and were cute and tiny. Others were not. Some of the guys went through puberty on the show and listening to their voices change throughout the seasons is pretty funny. You saw zits on the show. And I'm not just talking about Joey Snake and Wheels' band, the zits. You saw kids of all shapes all sizes, and all colors on Degrassi. Degrassi Junior High first aired on the CBC in January 1987, and it wasn't really that big a deal until it made its way to the States in September 1987. It started airing on PBS. 
That's when I first saw it. By then I was in eighth grade, but I could relate to a lot of what was happening on the show. So our first introduction to Degrassi Junior High centers around Stephanie Kay, who is the alpha female. She's the bee's knees, queen bee. And you can tell right off the bat that that's the kind of girl she is. And I have to say, at the time, I always disliked Stephanie because there was something about her her appearance and her attitude that reminded me of a girl that I did not get along with in junior high. So I already had a bias against Stephanie from the moment I saw her on screen. (laughs) And she didn't help herself either. So Stephanie's the Queen Bee eighth grader. And because it's eighth grade, and because the eighth graders rule the school, she decides that she's going to dress more mature. And back in the 80s, this meant teasing your hair to within an inch of its life, wearing awful pastel makeup, even if it didn't look right with your skin tone or with the clothes that you were wearing. And apparently in Stephanie's mind, dressing more maturely meant tube tops, tight pants, short skirts. We also learn in this first episode right away that Stephanie has a younger brother who's in seventh grade who she views as a pest. She orders him to never speak to her or acknowledge her existence. She's really charming. (laughs) So anyway, with this newfound maturity, Stephanie decides that she wants to rule the school even more by becoming student council president. So with the help of her shy Greek best friend Vula, she sets off on a path to becoming a student council president. Vula helps her with posters. Vula helps her with policy ideas. Vula helps her with her speech. And because of Stephanie's newfound maturity, the boys in Degrassi are all too eager to help Stephanie win the presidency. Meanwhile, all of the girls are alienated by this new Stephanie. Alienated most of all is poor Vula. After Stephanie gives the speech that Vula wrote for her and was mouthing along with her as she was saying it, it's suggested that Stephanie allows all of the boys to kiss her, which will ensure that she gets the votes of every boy in school. Vula doesn't think this is a good idea. Joey Jeremiah thinks it's a great idea. And Stephanie goes along with it, which further alienates all of the girls. So... Stephanie and Vula are in the bathroom talking about what just transpired with the boys. Vula doesn't think it's a good idea. Stephanie thinks, who cares? They just wanted a kiss. Big deal. I'll get the votes. I'll win. Then they go outside the ladies' room. Stephanie starts to do another little speech, and she thanks Joey Jeremiah for his help. She even claims like he's the most important person to her with regards to this campaign, while poor Vula is standing there with her eyes bugging out of her head, and she walks off in a huff. So this sets up Vula being angry at Stephanie for a few episodes at season one. So Stephanie wins and then discovers that being student council president isn't all fun and games. She actually has to do things like speak in front of the PTA and actually attend meetings. So that's our first glimpse into Degrassi Junior High. I will not go through every episode. I'll just give you some stats and then talk about some of my favorite episodes. So the original run of Degrassi Junior High was from January 18th, 1987 to March 6th, 1989. It was three seasons, 42 episodes. Seasons one and two were one school year. Season three was another school year. So the great thing about Degrassi Junior High was that the main storyline focused on different kids throughout its run, and every kid was still involved in each episode. 
So if you weren't a main character, you were a secondary character or sometimes a tertiary character, or you were an extra. And that's what made it feel like a real junior high, because you would see the same people in every episode. You would see randos walking around the school. You would see, like if Stephanie wasn't involved in a main storyline, you would see her in a classroom, you would see her in a hallway, you would see things happening. And that's what made it feel like you were taking a glimpse into the lives of real junior high students in a real junior high school. And Degrassi wasn't only heavy stuff, although there was a lot of heavy stuff that the kids dealt with. Some dealt with child abuse, whether it was 7th grader Rick being beaten by his father, or 7th grader Kathleen, whose mother was alcoholic and happened to hit her in a fit of rage. One episode that I could relate to was episode five of the first season when Melanie, a seventh grader, was concerned about being flat-chested. I, too, was flat-chested when I was in junior high. And in, at one point in the episode, Joey screams out in front of the entire school, Melanie, you're so flat, the walls are jealous. I had that exact phrase yelled toward me by guys that I grew up with in elementary school, who suddenly became demons in junior high. But the joke's on them, because I'm now a well-endowed double-D woman. But I digress. I felt Melanie's pain in that episode. (laughs) That same episode also dealt with sexism in the world of sports. The girls' swimming team at Degrassi was really good. The boys' soccer team wasn't. The school's sports rep, who was this obnoxious boy who got to read sports results on the PA every morning, he never mentioned the girls' swimming team. So the girls' swimming team challenged the boys' soccer team to a swim meet. The girls end up winning. And what's funny about it is I don't think you ever hear about the swim team or see the pool after that episode. Some episodes were both comical and sort of serious at the same time, specifically the episode in which Stephanie and Wheels, for some reason, feel the pressure to have sex, even though they're not really a couple. They're just going on a date. And the funny part of that episode is Stephanie's younger brother, Arthur, and his friend Yick are trying to find a place to watch a porno called Swamp Sex Robots. So there's your subplot. The rest of the episode is basically the entire school knows that Stephanie and Wheels are going on this date, and the entire school thinks that they're going to have sex. Stephanie claims sex is no big deal. She also privately reveals to Vula, who is talking to her again, that she just wants him to like her. So Wheels goes out to buy condoms for this big date, and it just so happens that Stephanie's mother is the pharmacist, unbeknownst to Wheels and unbeknownst to Stephanie's mother at the time. This is revealed Later in the episode, when Wheels shows up to pick up Stephanie, Stephanie's mother is still home, she was late going on a date, and they also discover that Arthur and Yick are trying to watch this porno. So it's a whole big mess. Stephanie gets grounded, I believe Arthur also gets grounded, and no one has sex. Not even poor Stephanie's mother, who was just trying to go on a date. There's an episode when Caitlin thinks she may be lesbian, She also thinks that her teacher, Miss Avery, is a lesbian and coming on to her. Turns out they're both not lesbian, and not that there's anything wrong with that. That was the lesson of that episode. Miss Avery even said to Caitlin, But even if I were, would that be a problem? Damn straight, Miss Avery. The heaviest episode of that season not involving parents 
is the episode in which Spike suspects she's pregnant and finds out that she is pregnant at 14 years old. Spike and Shane were together. Not that they were focused on in early episodes, but you'd see them in the background kind of hanging on to each other. So you kind of got the idea that they were dating, even though it wasn't said that they were dating. So Spike and Shane have sex at Lucy's house while Lucy's having a party. And this episode actually won an international Emmy in the children and young people category. And Degrassi ended up making Spike's baby's name Emma to commemorate that award. And Emma wound up being the inspiration for the Degrassi, the next generation spinoff series. And you see Spike in that series. You see Snake in that series, Joey, Wheels, Caitlin, a lot of them show up in that series. So that's kind of a fun thing. Um, At least they carried the continuity into the next series. That's kind of cool. So as I said, season one was the first half of that first year, and season two is the second semester. And season one ends with the seventh graders wanting to impeach Stephanie because she decides to try and make Wheels jealous by going out with Joey and then decides to give Joey that sports rep position that I mentioned earlier. Seems the kid who was in that position transferred to a different school. But it turns out Degrassi's sports rep is supposed to be filled by a seventh grader, and Joey is not a seventh grader. Joey spends the entire episode rubbing it in Wheels' face that Stephanie wants him because he's too stupid to realize that Stephanie's using him. The twins, Erica and Heather, brown-haired curly twins, if you watch the show, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Wheels overhears them talking in the library about Stephanie using Joey, Wheels tells Joey. Joey doesn't believe him, thinks that he's just trying to be a jerk. Meanwhile, Joey was a jerk the entire time. (laughs) Joey is a jerk. Joey was a jerk throughout the run of both series, junior high and high school, but kind of a lovable jerk in a way. So anyway, when Joey asks the twins if what Wheels said was true and they affirmatively said, yes, it is, Both Wheels and Joey turn on Stephanie. Everyone's turning on Stephanie. The seventh graders are hanging up posters about wanting to kick her out of the presidency. And she breaks down in the bathroom and decides that she's going to be a better person next term. So that's how season one ends. Season two begins with Spike's pregnancy. Season two had more heavy episodes. Episode number two a substitute teacher shows up and gives Lucy the attention that she doesn't get from her absentee parents. That's another running theme throughout the series. You never see Lucy's parents. She's always left alone. She's having parties at her house. So this teacher comes along, gives her attention. She gets good grades. She's all excited about this adult giving her the attention that she wants so desperately from her parents. And then, of course, it turns out that the attention is in a nefarious manner because he is a creepy sexual predator. Thankfully for Lucy, Wheels walks in and saves her. And at the end of the episode, this creepy teacher tries to make it seem as if Lucy was just imagining things. She basically tells him to buzz off and Wheels lets her know that if she needs him to help her nail this guy, that he will. Now, Lucy never does anything about this guy because he shows up toward the end of the season and sets his sights on a different student. In season two, 
episode seven, we find out that bitchy Kathleen has a reason to be so bitchy. It turns out her mother is an alcoholic. A few of Degrassi's star students, including Kathleen, are going to be on a TV quiz show called Quest for the Best. And Kathleen's mother does not show up for the show, which upsets Kathleen. At one point in the episode, Kathleen's mother embarrasses her in front of her fellow teammates because she doesn't want anyone at school to know that she's going through this stuff at home. I guess she wants them to think she's a bitch for no reason. (laughs) Uh, Degrassi wins the quiz game, thanks to Kathleen's heroics. But yes, this is the first glimpse into her life, and that's a pretty heavy subject, having an alcoholic mother. And fun fact, the woman who plays Kathleen's mother is actually the guy who plays Snake's real-life mother. After that, you know, there was a goofy episode with the twins. The, f- the first episode where the twins were not just Stephanie's sidekicks. Episode 8 of season 2. Erica claims to be more mature than her twin. She decides she's going to show how mature she is by making out with a guy at the school dance. And then two days later, she thinks she has mono because... <laughs> Another girl at the school, Alexa, who's kind of the school ditz, is reading off all the symptoms of mono, and Erica seems to have them. Turns out she has tonsillitis. But that's a running theme with the twins as well. Erica always trying to make it seem as if she's more mature than her sister. The continuity with the show was great. Some of the storylines were goofy, some were really heavy, but they called back to a lot of characteristics, so it works well. As I mentioned, that creepy teacher comes back because Lucy had never done anything to stop him from coming back. And he sets his sights on 7th grader Susie Rivera, who is Stephanie's vice president. Lucy even warns Susie to be careful around the teacher. She doesn't understand what Lucy's saying, and she just thinks Lucy's being annoying. Turns out Lucy's not being annoying, and Susie found out the hard way. So when Lucy sees Susie upset, she knows what happened. She convinces Susie to team up with her to nail this teacher so he doesn't do it to anyone else again. And at the end of the episode, Lucy, Wheels, Susie Rivera, and LD go into the school office and ask to speak to the principal. We don't see the actual resolution, but we just assume it happened. And another funny thing about Degrassi Junior High, you hear the principal on the PA, but you never see him. You see people walking out of his office, and you hear his voice talking to them, especially Joey, because he's always in the principal's office for getting in trouble, but you never see the principal. The last episode of season two is finals week. The funny thing about this is Wheels is convinced that he's going to fail and be held back. Joey's walking around like king of the mountain, not having to worry about studying. And then it turns out that Wheels does in fact pass and goes on to ninth grade while Joey is going to be held back and has to stay in eighth grade. Which, how embarrassing is that for Joey? But it's not that embarrassing because we also find out in this episode that due to restructuring in the school district, the soon-to-be ninth graders won't exactly be leaving Degrassi Junior High. They're going to have to stay there for some of the day and be bused to a different high school. So maybe it won't be so bad for Joey. So because of this, the seventh graders don't want to set up for the graduation dance if there's not really going to be a graduation. 
if the eighth graders are going to still be in Degrassi Junior High, they're not actually graduating. So there's a whole subplot with that storyline. The tradition is that the seventh graders decorate for the graduation dance and then obviously don't attend because they're not graduating. So in order to have the seventh graders decorate, Stephanie promises that they can go to the dance. And speaking of the dance, Joey Wheels and Snake's band The Zit Remedy is gearing up to play at the dance, but will they play? Because Joey failed. Will he even show up to the dance? Yes, he does show up to the dance. Yes, they do perform. They perform the only song that they ever play throughout the entire series, junior high and high school. Everybody wants something. That's another running gag. The fact that these guys are so hell-bent on starting a band that they only have one song. So the season two finale ends with Spike being at the dance, being very pregnant, and going into labor. And by the way, I forgot about poor Spike. She gets kicked out of school for being pregnant, basically. Parents are all up in arms that a pregnant girl is walking around Degrassi Junior High, so she has to finish her studies at home. She goes to school to take the finals, and then she's allowed to go to the dance. So that's how that happens. So yes, season two ends on a cliffhanger with Spike going into labor early. So season one's first heavy episode didn't happen until episode four. Season two's first heavy episode happened in episode two. Season three started off with heavy right away. It was a two-parter, and the main storyline was that Wheels' adoptive parents are both killed in a car accident by a drunk driver. So the first two episodes of the season deal with Wheels losing his parents. Actually, that happens at the very end of that episode and carries over into episode two. The beginning part of the episode is basically Wheels complaining about how annoying his parents are, how they treat him like a baby, how, you know, how his life would be better off without them. So, of course, (laughs) he thinks that and says that, and then they're killed off. The second part of that storyline, episode two, deals with the fallout of the news about Wheels losing his parents. The kids don't know how to react to it, especially his best friend Snake, who doesn't even talk to him because he has no idea what to say to him. So while all this is going on, the ninth graders are dealing with having to navigate through a school year where they spend some of the time back in junior high with the people they deem as children, and dealing with being bused to high school and being treated like children. So some of season three's plots deal with Lucy getting a boyfriend and having a rumor spread about her. And she does the typical girl thing where she's so into the guy, she ignores her friends because of this. And because of that rumor, her neglected friends choose to believe the rumor rather than believe her. And that is so like junior high and high school. Like how many of you can relate to that whole thing? Caitlin has a crush on Joey. He's completely oblivious to it because he's oblivious to anything that doesn't have to do with him. (laughs) It's funny. I found Joey annoying when I was a kid watching this show. And as an adult, I just, I want to grab him by the shoulders and just shake him because, oh my goodness, he was just, like I said, he's a jerk but a lovable jerk. He's not a malicious jerk. He just doesn't know better. Joey Jeremiah doesn't know any better and he can't help himself. Kathleen becomes the main focus once again in season three, episode nine. 
in which it is revealed to us that she has an eating disorder. And it just so happens that Degrassi Junior High is having their science fair and that the twins, Erica and Heather, are doing their project on eating disorders. So Kathleen isn't eating. Melanie notices that she isn't eating. Melanie stumbles upon Kathleen's diary that lays out exactly how little she's eating. Kathleen works herself into a tizzy about the project that she's doing with Melanie for the science fair. She wants to win and she'll stop at nothing to win. Ends up they don't win. The twins win, of course, with the eating disorder display. And Kathleen works herself into such a tizzy that she faints. Melanie gets scared. She tells Miss Avery what's been going on. And Kathleen gets pissed off at Melanie. And that's how they end that episode. She's angry at Melanie for how dare you let anyone know that this is happening. There's another two-parter in season three. Again, dealing with wheels and also dealing with Shane, the father of Spike's baby. So it's close to Wheels' birthday. He's feeling down because of his parents passing away. He's not getting along with his grandmother, who he has to live with now, obviously, because he has no parents. He gets a card from his biological father, who we met in the first season. And Wheels gets this brilliant idea to run away and meet up with his father, who just so happens to be a musician in a band. The other part of this plotline is that the Degrassi kids, a bunch of them, are going to see Gourmet Scum, a made-up band in the Degrassi universe. <laughs> they are not real. And Shane decides to try acid at this concert, which turns into the worst decision of Shane's life. So the episode is called Taking Off, and Derek Wheeler takes off to find his father, and Shane jumps off a bridge after the concert because he's so high on acid. So part one is Derek leaving to find his father and the kids going to the concert. Part two, everyone's looking for Shane. They can't find him. And Wheels reunites with his dad, but he builds it up in his head to be this positive experience where his dad's going to say, yeah, stay with me and we'll be in a band together. And it turns out that he, his father's like, why are you here? And it turns out that his father has a pregnant girlfriend, which upsets Wheels to the point where he's really obnoxious to the, uh, to the pregnant girlfriend. Uh, all the while, Wheels' grandmother is freaking out because she doesn't know where he is. He told Snake and Joey not to tell her. Eventually, she shows up at the school, gets Joey to tell her where he is. She finds him. They leave together. But this is only after she basically cried and begged for him to come back home with her. Wheels was pretty stubborn, I have to say. He was stubborn and he was a jackass, and they turned him into an even bigger jackass in the high school series. I'll get into that next week. They finally find poor Shane. He is unconscious in the hospital. He ends up with head injuries, and he's never the same again. Episode 14 deals with prejudice. We see Michelle and BLT, a white girl and a black guy, wanting to be together. BLT actually, the... One of the first scenes of the episode, BLT fights with an upperclassman who calls him the N-word, which I was kind of like, whoa, whoa. Um, so he asks Michelle to go to the dance. Her parents forbid her to go with him because he's black. And the other plot line is Spike needs money to afford a babysitter. But when she goes to get the job at a pizza place to be a busboy, she's not hired because of her spiky hairstyle. 
which is ridiculous when you think about it. But, you know, that's prejudice in a way. Uh, People judge you on how you appear, no matter what it is, whether it's your hairstyle, your clothes, your skin color, everything. So I guess that works as a plot. But the main plot was the racism plot with Michelle and BLT. And at the end, Michelle says, I don't care what they say. I'm going to the dance with you. So good for little Michelle. By the way, the girl who played Michelle became a lawyer in real life. And finally, we have the last episode of Degrassi Junior High, in which they burn down the school. I know. I can't believe it either. (laughs) I remember watching it and being like, are they really burning down the school? But it worked as a plot device to put all of the younger kids from Degrassi Junior High into Degrassi High, which starts the following year. So they're having the school dance. Oh, hold on. Sorry, I completely forgot about how the fire, the whole fire thing starts. So it's finals week. Everyone's getting ready for the end of the year and the fire alarm keeps going off. So they have to keep getting up during class to go out and it's a whole big thing. Well, it turns out that the fire alarm starts going off at the school dance and people ignore it because it's been going off all week. It turns out there's an actual fire and an explosion And they end with all the kids on the lawn of the school watching as the school with very bad special effects, flames shooting out of the windows. (laughs) 1980s TV budget special effects. Really awful. But that's how they ended the junior high series. Next week, we're all going into high school. Degrassi High School. In next week's episode, I will highlight the two seasons of Degrassi High And talk about the TV movie School's Out, which seemed like such a departure from the original two series that when I first watched it as an adult, because I never watched it when it aired, I watched it as an adult in my 30s and nearly fainted because it seemed so far off from the original series, I was slightly horrified. I'll give you two hints. We see Joey Jeremiah's bare ass. And the two characters you'd least expect to utter the F-word uttered the F-word on Canadian primetime TV. So that'll be next week. For now, I'm Stacey Gotsoulias, and this has been the No Duh Podcast. Again, you can find me on Twitter at Stace Gots. And if you could be so kind, please visit my Patreon for this podcast. You can find it at patreon.com slash podcast, all one word, all lowercase. I have tiers set up. I have many grand ideas that I can only achieve if you guys help me out. And if you do, I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you all next week.